Hey, it's Demi, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. This week, I bring back my friend Ryan Cheng. Ryan has been on seasons one and two, and if you have not listened to those conversations, I recommend going back and taking a listen before you listen to this one. Me and Ryan have known each other since high school, and in this episode, me and Ryan really reflect on both of our journeys, where we've been, where we are now, and how our lifestyles and our personal growth journeys have changed our outlooks on what we actually want from our careers. We've both taken risks. We've both failed a lot. We've both been faced with a lot of different hurdles, but we've both succeeded and come through the other side better for it. Without any further ado, let's jump straight into episode 42 of the podcast with my friend, Ryan Cheng. It's all about the journey. Hey, Ryan. Thanks so much for coming. We are on season three of the Millennial Crisis. This is your third time. Most recurring guest ever. You are. And I, I think you need something. When I make mugs or when I make Millennial Crisis merch, yes. you'll be number one. I'm having them. Also, in saying that, you're swagged out today. Yes. You got a sick fit on. What sneakers are your ref? Air Force Ones. I don't know if you can, yeah, you can see. And um, Art of Football. Yeah, you're looking swaggy uh, as. The fits, the fits looking good. I had in the game. Since lockdown, I've been wearing um, matching tracksuits. <laughs> The entire lockdown, which is my vibe now. It's my vibe, so don't at me. Grey on grey? Grey on grey, black on black, navy on navy. You know, we're living out here with those um, matching trackies, which is, um, which is, yeah. You're doing well, man. Just living life. You're doing well. Now, I don't think we even introed this properly. So this is the third time you're on. But for those who may be listening for the first time, don't know who Ryan Cheng is. Yes. Don't know who Chink in the Armour is. Don't know who Ryan's yeah. my name is. Yes, yes, um, do you want to do the honours of answering my three most important questions? Sure. The most interesting questions, the mm-hmm. best well thought out questions yeah. ever. What is your name, age, and what do you do or yeah. what are you known for? Hard, hard hitting questions. Yeah. So I'm Ryan Cheng. I'm well, 27 now, getting on a little bit. We. Yeah. We're fucking old. What I do for a living is hard to explain at this point in time. I can give you the trajectory. So I started out at Coles and I was freelancing on the side. Then I was hired at Deacon as a writer. Then I became the head of content in the Deacon research team. Was meant to move to a startup and I had signed, COVID hit. They pulled that even though they told me it was chill. And now I kind of just work for myself as a storyteller for hire, which is how I would best describe what I'm doing for a living. So just creating content for brands. I think for us as, I guess, like not necessarily, well, yeah, freelancers, right? It's always Mm. hard and creatives. It's always hard to pinpoint what you do or like how to position yourself. And I think also, I mean, it's the nature of us being millennials as well. I always want something else like or I'm getting drawn in by other things or I actually have another skill set that I want to explore more. Yeah, I think it's interesting you bring that up because like I think for as long as we've known each other and and before we even get into it, the come up has been real for those that are watching, right? Like the first season we did this was in the library corridor. The second season we did this, was it over Zoom? Yeah, we were locked down, so we had no choice. And then now it's like in person in this like, look at this mic and yeah, you know, like the glow up is real. Yeah. But I think 
it's always interesting like to get to this point because I've always said that I've wanted to kind of like work for myself and and do content and all that kind of thing and having gotten to what the goal looked like yeah. I'm just like okay what's the next thing you know which I didn't think would happen I don't know what I thought would happen but when I got here I was like all right well what's the natural evolution of, of what's next and that's yeah I think whenever we have like catch-ups and chats and stuff like that, it's always like reminding each other of like where we were last time we spoke and yeah. where we are now and like yeah. reeling each other in being like, hold on, can we just say this time at this time last year or this time a few years ago, or this time a couple of months ago, mm. we were here, yeah. now we're doing this, like yeah, yeah, yeah. let's ease up a little bit. Yeah, no, it's important. I think the patience thing is a tough one, you know, because sometimes you feel that you've put in so much time and effort and like dreaming and wishing and all the kind of, and like the emotional and physical energy of like getting to, to a point that you go, oh, it, it just, I expected it to be more. Um, but the reality is, it's like, it is exactly as it is meant to be, you know, and, and that's, you need reminding sometimes of that. I, like I said, I think it's a funny thing, always needing and wanting something more. Mm. And it's this never ending cycle. And I feel even with the millennial crisis community, we all share that one yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just like us as humans or it's like, exacerbated with the digital age and being able to see mm. other people's lives as well yeah. but there's always like we get the thing that we were chasing and then it's like uh, what's, what's next yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it's it's a tough one because like I don't really like consume that much content or look at other people's stuff I think for me that comes from knowing that I can always be doing better or at least I think that I can be doing better or I think I could be contributing more. Um, and that's and that's tough, I think, as people, because when you feel that like you can always add more to the culture and to the conversation, like you feel that it's a letdown to yourself yeah. more than anything to not try and like push the envelope consistently. Which I think is a is the best way to look at it as well. And I wonder when you say like now you're competing against like yourself or you're thinking about yeah. what you can do better yeah. Yeah. was that something that it always was or did it take you a journey to get to that point where it was like mm. what are they not doing or was it always i know what ryan needs to do and move on from that i think it was twofold right when i was younger i, I think back to when i was younger and i was kind of just like starting out and i was writing and pitching you know i was it was always like i knew that i had this passion to do the sto like storytelling um but i but yeah you're right like when you're younger you, you're you want to model the behavior of others and you're looking at other people and going that's where i want to get to so i'm gonna all i know is to try and mimic and copy but the thing is when you're doing that you don't really kind of craft your own voice but the thing about crafting your own voice is that you have to put yourself out there take those risks and then be open to what you sign up for which is the feedback positive or negative and i think once I understood that that was part of the game, if you will, then I stopped worrying about, well, what is this person doing? Or how many, you know, like all those things that we build up to be the important markers of like progress and success. You know, even to this day still, like I have to remind myself that it's not a competition with anyone else but myself. Yeah. Um, and setting those goals for myself and just, you know, 
I mean, like I look at you and I'm not jealous of you and the, the community that you've built and all those kind of things. Like I'm proud. I'm like super stoked for you. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between like why we're friends and why we support each other is that like I'm not looking to like cut you down just because, you know, you've achieved one thing. And, and I think sometimes when when people are chasing things, that's the mentality that they adopt, which is I need to cut everyone else down so that I can make it to the top. It's competition over collaboration, 100%, right? 100%. And I think I, it's so important, I think not only in a regular workplace, but in especially the way we work, to have people around you that you can check in with. Yes. Like I think if I didn't have you, if I didn't have other people in my life that did the same or similar kinds of work yeah. that I do, yeah. I would be so fucked. <laughs> it's hard because no one get like, what we do is so novel and so new. You think yeah. about how old the internet is and how old social media is. And it's like, some people are just like, just can't wrap their head around it. Yeah. Now when people go, oh, you do social media, it's just easier for me to say yes because I just don't have the energy to be like, eh, well, it's not really that. You know, like it's not that. Whereas now I'm just like, yeah, whatever. What if it helps you grasp what, I- what I'm doing? But you're right. Like I think having the right people around that you can collaborate with and bounce off and just sometimes get a reminder that like, yeah, this shit is hard sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's what it is. Every job is fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for, again, as a reminder for those who haven't heard any of Ryan's other stories, essentially me and Ryan both, well, we went to high school together, but didn't really like, we were never, like we we were definitely like friendly to each other, but we weren't friends, right? And then outside of school, I posted a status when I first started the podcast being like, hey, anyone wanna like jump on? Let's have a bit of a chat. And like we mentioned in the beginning, it was at this library, Doncaster Library in a random hallway. We tried recording it, the audio quality was horrible. And I was like, hey mate, sorry, um, can we try this again? (laughs) And then we went to the studio and then the Zoom and now we're here. Throughout that journey, we've both been following each other's careers and trajectory and speaking about what we want to do or where we want to go and then actually watching each other do that. Which I know this is one place where we both relate a lot because we speak to a lot of people that say they want to do X, Y and Z and never execute on it. And I think it's it's hard to take action. And I understand why people say they wanna do a lot of things and don't do them because of the assumptions we see online that things just happen or um, you have to be a certain type of person. Um, And I think what between the two of us and our journeys, what we realize is it's the small steps and the consistency, that's what builds you to get to where you are. It's not taking these huge fucking leaps and doing these amazing things. It's those small little steps and showing up every day in one way or another, whether that's like showing up and like stressing the fuck out of where you're going and the decisions you're making, or it's writing one line, whatever it is, it's that showing up consistently that gets you to taking action and having support from other people that reminds you like, hey, you actually were here and now you're here. That gets you there. And it's easy to say you're going to do something. Mm. It's really hard to actually do it. And I think sometimes we can often like discredit ourselves being like, oh, we're not getting somewhere 
quick enough, yeah. you know? It's the pace that confuses people. Yeah. You know, but then I look at like when we were 18 to now well, almost 10 years later when you think about it. When I was 18, I was not getting paid to write anything. I was just doing it for free. Yeah. You know? And now I get paid. I, I don't write for I do not write for free. <laughs> oh, unless Nike, you know, like, you know, like you, you change yeah. the, the framework in which you operate, but you have to remember that like it's the pace is what confuses people mm-hmm. because we look at the internet and go like Logan Paul just like box Floyd Mayweather and he's like our age. Mm. But like Fuck. when he was making videos when he, they were 12 with his brother, me and you were fucking around in year seven, like doing year seven shit. Yeah. You know, like people forget that like the pace is like unique to the individual. Yeah. That rate that people transform and change and, and achieve things is unique to the individual and it's about what you're willing to sacrifice and put in. And pity that when we were twelve we didn't think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or we did it in our own way. We just 100%. didn't showcase it in 100%. the same way. And I think one of the biggest things that I get like asked or um people talk about a lot is like oh, but like I've come up with all this content, but I'm scared to post it because it's not perfect or whatever it is. And you have to fucking go through an embarrassing phase. And you're constantly like everything I look back at, even if it was half a year ago, six months ago, I'm like, fuck, that was embarrassing. But that embarrassment led me to do something that got me somewhere else. And I think it's like when you sign up to do whatever we're doing, right? That's part of it. You sign up to to embarrass yourself. To be vulnerable, right? Yeah. With the payoff, like you get better and you can do bigger and better things as a result of that. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was writing for free, like with HuffPost and stuff, like people would slide in my DMs and leave me essays being like, you don't belong in this country when I was writing about identity and race and culture. But as a 20 year old, I understood that that's what I had signed up for. If I'm gonna put my opinion and my thoughts out there, people are allowed to do that in return, whether right or wrong, the things that they were saying, that's that's the deal that's the internet and in the same way like sometimes the dumbest shit is the shit that pops off like i told you about that reel i did about some i don't know what it was a drink that was advertising i was like ethnic communities love this literally that was their tagline and i did a silly thing and i was like that's the ad and i bought it and shit like that that popped off yeah and like i do reels now and again i never get that kind of engagement and that interest yeah you know so yeah it's a weird the internet is a weird space but you have to know what you're signing up for i guess it's a very strange place (laughs) it's the strangest place ever and i don't think anyone can ever fully wrap their heads around it Mm. but the whole thing is like trial error and just see what works and what community on the internet you yeah become a part of um and where you're willing to sacrifice being a fool or copying hate or whatever because Mm. i think this is the one thing that um can kind of set you apart on the internet or make you less vulnerable to the exposure that you will get after it's like understanding what your values are and what you believe in so when you were writing those articles for huff post it was like yeah, but this is really important to me. So whatever these idiots say, it does not matter because I know what I'm writing is like true to me. And And also like, if you think about the kind of person that's going to leave comment, like take the time to do that. I've never left a comment in my life. Yeah, I've never taken the time to write someone and be like, I hated what you had to say. Mm. So you just got to think about the kind of people that take the time to do that. Um, Yeah. And also, you know, like, what are you willing to share of yourself? 
And what are you willing to lean into is a big thing with the internet, right? Because people talk about like, when you're developing personal brand, like lean into this or lean into that or be this one thing because it's easier to connect with. If you're willing to do that, then do that. But for me, it was like, I wasn't willing to lean into one thing, right? Like after that reel popped off, I was like, I don't really want to keep doing Asian shit. Like that's just a bit of a like tacky thing. So yeah, it's a lot of um, sacrifice and give and take and, and you know, what are you willing to share of yourself out there? I want to get into, I guess, where you were. So last time we spoke, mm. it was mid-COVID time. Yeah. You had just left your corporate yes. job, Deacon, and you were going out on your own. Yes, left is a kind way to put it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you, let's recap that, that okay. story quickly. Do you want to just let everyone know, I guess, where that journey was? Because the Yeah, so I was at Deakin, how long was I at Deakin? Three, four years maybe. Um, and I started out as a junior writer and I ended as the head of content at the research division. And I think, yeah, that time I was very grateful for because I learned a lot about how to navigate kind of like a corporate environment, you know, like going to meetings and doing all these things, managing a team. Which is um, an important skill. To oh, hundred percent, and yeah. it's still those skills are still handy to this day. So I don't, re I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, pissed off that I had that time there or I'll regret it. I think I learned a lot there. Um, and before COVID hit, I got an, I got an offer to go to a startup, and I signed. But during that month, like it was like there were whispers of COVID, and by the end, COVID it was like full blown. They were like, yeah, sorry, like we can't take you on. And I was like, <laughs> really, really Thank you. Thanks so up. much. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have a choice, really. I didn't have a choice. And it was a matter of like, I had four weeks left and then it was Anzac Day 2020. And I, I had nothing. And that was the first time I had nothing. Um, you know, when I turned 18, mum forced me to get a job at Coles. And so I've been working ever since then. And I never had a moment of like, shit, like, what do I do now? Um, but I think I was lucky because like when I was working at Coles, I, I knew I could fall back into that, just pitch people, you know, like do the things that I was doing before to get that, what got me into the dance, do it again. Um, and it's about humbling yourself to just go cool. Like I'm going back to the start and starting again. And I wasn't afraid of you know how like during COVID people they were hiring people for Safeway and Coles and stuff like that and I said and I said to myself like if something doesn't happen in the next few months you go you have to go and do something I wasn't going to sit around and just be like I'm yeah. too good for that now yeah 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 because yeah. I remembered I remember what it was like when I was working night shift at Coles come back and then I had to write stuff and pitch editors and stuff. I knew what that was like and I knew that was in me I just had to re-tap into that I did a LinkedIn post about it because I was seeing everyone losing their jobs 
and that post it reached a lot of people. It resonated. People were messaging me being like, thanks for saying that and stuff like that. Um, and then from that, people were like, hey, I have this writing thing that I need done. And, and, and it just grew from little bits of projects to then like word of mouth took like it just took off for me. People were just like, hey, I, I read this thing that you did or someone told me that you did this and, and it, and it kind of grew. And it just became this it just became like my job pretty much that I was just picking up projects, picking up clients. And then I started being more confident in how I was pricing and then putting people on retainer just so that it, it was like, I had to treat it like a business, you know? And that was a very like, sh like a sharp and steep learning curve. The freedom that comes with it, it's stressful at times, but the stress is so much more worth it than going into a meeting with people that one, didn't want to hear from me because they thought I was too young and two, like, we're not in touch with the culture in the way that like, you know, like that we are. And when I say me, not just me and you, but everyone that might listen to this part of the community is like, we know how these things work because we've grown up with it. And it's about backing yourself in. And I had to learn how to back myself in at Deakin. And it meant that it just so happened the timing was that I had to back myself in when I had no job um, and it paid off in, yeah, in, yeah. Bigger and how ways. long ago was that now? It was, well, Anzac, Anzac Day last year. So one of Anzac Days. Just over a year, is it? Yeah, like yeah. 12 months, 12, 14 months ago. Yeah. yeah. So that was just over a year ago. Yeah. And since then, like you said, you haven't only like got consistent clients coming in, mm -hmm. but you've also learned, like we literally just had a chat before this yeah. about like you getting an accountant to oh, do yeah, your yeah, shit yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, doing all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like there is so much to learn. And I think this is like the real difference between, and I, I think everyone needs an experience of working for themselves at some capacity, even if it's a small job or something, because you learn so many of these little skill sets that are so valuable, yeah. whether you're going back into the workplace or not, but you had to consider like contracts, how to navigate clients, how to keep clients consistent, which is implementing things like retainers, yeah, right? Yeah. Like they're yeah. all these things that, yeah, you were a freelancer before, but you weren't doing it this yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So, when I said I was freelancer before, I, you know, the first paycheck I made, 50 bucks from broadsheet. <laughs> um, and then it was, I never got paid again until AWOL, which is like a Qantas owned publication or something like, it's like a youth travel publication paid me like a couple hundred for a story. Yeah. You know, like when I say I was freelancer, it's free was like- It was freelancing. Yeah, you know, like it was free. Yeah. So I think for me, the big fear was like, fuck, I'd done it before. Yeah. But the thing was like, I made like, I can 500 bucks maybe over mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. You know, and, and it was like, how do I translate this into something that's like, how do I make a salary? Like, how do I make yeah. a living now? Yeah. Which is was nuts. Yeah. It's nuts yeah. that I did. And also comparing that to what you had before which I found was one of my biggest struggles of like, what was my finances, what were my finances and how did my finances come through before I started going out on my own? Yeah. And what does it look like now? And reminding myself that you're not, this isn't that, we can't look at the short term when it comes to this stuff. We're looking at long term what we're building. Yeah. We're building flexible lifestyles. Yeah. We're building working with people that we want to. Sure, it's not always that because yes. we've got to bring in the money. Building something for the future, whereas when you're in that corporate environment, and it's not to say that everyone should quit their corporate jobs as well, but for our lifestyles, this yeah. is what fit in yeah. terms of like, we made this decision because the other, the alternative wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And now short term, 
sure it might not look financially sometimes as good as it did before but all of the things that come with it that you're giving back whether it's like not capping yourself at a certain level Mm. um being heard being a specialist being able to work on projects that matter to you, having more mental capacity to take things on, although it still brings on other stresses as well. It's just the, it's so worth. And I think that's what I always come back to. It's like reminding myself of why I am stressing myself out in different ways. Yeah, I think it's like the point that you make of like, not everyone is built for this. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important because when people hear things like these conversations, they go, well, it's not for me. Well, it's not yeah. for you. It's not for you. Yeah. But, but the reality of the situation is, is like, it's about knowing what you want and then building the foundations to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I didn't Now I had always wanted this. Yeah. But, you know, thank God for the pandemic in a sense. I'm not trying to be like insensitive, no, no. but I don't know if I would have taken the leap if, if I wasn't forced to. Now you you put a corporate job in front of me at a desk. I'm not taking that. Yeah. I'd rather keep taking the risk of like going year to year and, and having to find how to make it work than, than go back to that. Sure. Because the things that I'm trading off are like getting to spend time with Christina, like getting to walk my dog, you know, getting to write things that I care about, having time to do stuff like this with you in the middle of the day. Whereas if I was at a corporate job, I wouldn't be here. Mm. So... You know, like I think it's important for people to understand that the conversation is not you should all want this and do this. It's knowing what you want and then building the foundations to get there. Um, whereas I remember when we were younger, it was, you know, we were gung-ho in the sense of like, yeah, you know, we should all want this. And we didn't have the experience when we were 18, 19, 20 to realize that like, hang on, like sometimes a desk job is good for some people. Mm-hmm. We, and, it, and it's not about saying everyone should turn their passion into the thing or the you know this and that um, it's really just knowing like what what is it that you want you know and if it's a nine to five so that you have the structure to do th- stuff outside beauty do that yeah I'm not going to be the person to sit here and be like quit your job <laughs> yeah exactly quit your six figure job yeah no and I think last time we spoke as well I was saying to you and I was considering at the time um and I did jump into it, um, being like, I don't think freelance life is for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wanna, I want a nine yeah. to five. And then I, I, at that time, I was in an interview process for yeah, that. Yeah. And um, I went into that agency and I got back in there and I had, when I was in this freelancer kind of mode, I was, I had very much grass is greener syndrome. And I was like, nah, man, I had it so good when I was in my like nine to five before. What was I complaining about that I wasn't fulfilled? Fuck fulfillment. Give me like regular income, especially when we were locked inside. We had all the like time to think about things. And I'd moved into a, a digital agency, which if you know me or have heard anything when I speak about digital stuff, like agency life is one of the things that I'm kind of very much, it's not my lifestyle, right? It does not fit in to that kind of life for me. Anyways, that's a conversation for something else. But um, yeah, and and within that, I mean, I've spoken about this on the podcast. It was like exactly what I knew agency life to be like. It was super toxic and I left that straight away. And it was just like a really clear reminder of me of that like, 
you have to remind yourself of what is valuable to you and trying to figure out a pathway to get there yeah. versus taking that short-term instant stuff. Yeah. Because what did I say yes to? I was like, fuck yeah. It's the middle of a pandemic. Everyone's like unsure of things. A six-figure role has come in, fallen into my lap. Yeah, yeah. How could I say no to that? I said yes to it and then I had to leave it yeah. like you know and it was just that reminder again of like and I think I had I'd called you when we were, I was yeah. discussing yeah, quitting yeah, yeah, yeah. it and I was like I think I said something like um man like this environment's really toxic but it's good to have this experience and I'll be able to like add this value to the millennial crisis community because I've never been in an environment like this and yeah. he's like you would like to me that is the stupidest thing that's ever come out of your fucking mouth <laughs> it is not worth it mind you I was having panic attacks yeah, in the yeah. night like how is this my life what am I doing um and you I was like no 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 it's worth it good content and I was like that is the dumbest shit of ever heard at least it'll make good content you know what the thing is is like yeah it's tough and i and i get it you know and now like the older we get the more i'm i'm empathetic to the tough choices people have to make to the you know to the tough environments people have to endure because they think that's the only way um i mean you lived it like that it's funny to talk about now but i remember that phone call and like the distress was real do you know what i mean and yeah. and, and yeah you know i it's it's just a tough one. It's a tough one when we tell when when we tell people because this is what we're doing, right? Like, mm -hmm. get clear on what it is that you want, because there is no roadmap for that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm admitting to all of you right now that it took a pandemic for me to work shit out. Same. So you know, sometimes <laughs> Same. you know, it's 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 easy when you hear these like gurus and experts and go, just get clear, but there is no roadmap. There is no roadmap to do that. And it's like an instinct. It's a feeling. It's a, yeah. it's a, I want to spend more time with the family or I want to make six figures a year, but then being comfortable with that and, yeah. and going like, that's who I am right now. It's these things. And yeah. And like in saying that it's making mistakes along the way, that job, although I knew yeah, yeah. it wasn't right for me, like I felt it, there was all of these signs yeah, yeah. in me being like, it's not right, it's not right, it's not right. Yeah. I was still, and had already chosen to go out of that openly on a podcast, like yeah. I'd said to everyone, this is not the life for me. Yeah. And I fell straight into it. And it was leaving that, making that mistake, mm. that was what led me to where I am now. And sure it took, five months to get the work that I've got now. Yeah. But like, if I wanted to, I can get back to that financial place that I was then. Mm. It's just about really being clear with myself and saying, is that bringing on that next client or doing that next thing going to sacrifice yeah. what you have now or where you're moving now? And are you making that same yeah. mistake that you did before? Yeah. And you don't know until you, I mean, hundred percent. It's being open to have your mind changed. Yes. You know, like you're not being married to an idea or to a specific vision of who you are as a person. I think on a fundamental level, like my values will never change, but like my perceptions and understandings of like experience and ideas and stuff like that. I have to be open to that. Yeah. Because what we're doing is like super random. Mm. It's like there's no like job description for this. Yeah. What do you put on your LinkedIn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck, do I know? Yeah. 
you know, people, and, and that's the thing. It's like, if I get too attached to what I think this is, you might miss out on things, whether good or bad. Yeah. You might miss out on things because you're, you're just going, but this is what I am and this is what I think I am. Mm. Um, which, yeah, it's tough because, you know, like we, we, we crave like sustainability and predictability. Like we crave that stuff because it's easy to order in our heads what it's meant to look like. Yeah. When the reality of the situation is like, is always changing. And in my opinion, like in my view of where I see the world going and like in a lot of the research I've done in not only what millennials and Gen Z want, but also where workplaces are like moving to and yeah. what COVID's forced us to do. I do honestly believe that what we're doing is going to be more of where shit's going hundred yeah. percent. And I think it's like when people first started out on the internet, it's like, they were like doing this strange thing that nobody could wrap their heads around. Like, mm. what is the internet? What do you mean? You're writing a blog, like all of these things, yeah. you know, it was that stuff. Yeah. And those people had to find the same people to kind of keep them in this reality yeah. of like, this is sane, this is yeah. legit, like this is a thing. Um, and just because other people don't understand it doesn't mean it's not legit. It doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah, hundred percent. Someone said to me the other day, like, cause I'm getting married yeah. and they were like, so when you have kids, you'll get a real job, right? And I was like, I make what a real job makes. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, people don't some people don't get it. And and but that we have to be okay with that as yes. well. We have to be okay with like, yeah, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. Like And I don't get the way you live your life either. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like, like I find some things difficult to grasp and so in return people will find certain things difficult to grasp. I'm not wasting energy now trying to fight that or explain myself. The thing is, like, you see my face all over the gram now. So, like, yeah. you, you know what it is. Like, yeah. I get paid to do things that I want to do. Like, the last six to eight months, like, I get to interview, like, athletes, like, influencers, the biggest architecture firm in the world. Like, I've done all these things. So, if you don't get it, then you don't get it. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not insecure about that anymore. Yeah. Like... The body of work speaks for itself and the same for you, right? No, 100%. And I think like, again, it comes back to the, like, when we like get together, it's again, having that reminder for each other or for other people mm. in your life. That's like, you are going the right, like, stop questioning it, man. Yeah. Like yeah. this, 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 and this is your evidence yeah. to say, 100%. this is it. And if either of us come up to each other, similar to what, I was saying with that other job, like, oh, I should stay because yeah, of the content. Yeah. We can both say to each other, stop being a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not right. That doesn't sound right to, unless you can justify it to me, like, what is the justification yeah, yeah, for yeah. me? Like, for you from yeah. that. You, you, I'm happy for you to change your mind. Like, yeah, if you came to me tomorrow and said, Demi, I'm going to go back to a corporate life, and I'd be like, okay, great, why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you told me answers that I felt like fit that, I'd be like, man, that sounds amazing. You should go for that. Yeah. Or if you said something like, oh, it's just a short-term thing. I've got these responsibilities. I'm getting married. I yeah, want to, yeah. like my priority with my fiance is to buy a house, yeah, to move, yeah. whatever. I'd be like, man, that sounds right. Yeah. And you can do these things later. You can put it on pause. I always see you as a storyteller, but that stuff will come yeah, yeah. back. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's natural to you. Like We're not gassing each other up, right? Like no. people, you know, like we, and I'm sure you do the same, like the people around me, 
are the most critical and I mean that in the best sense like yeah. if you guys are watching and you, you are those people you're not I'm not saying that you you're just being jerks but like you need those people to bring you back down to earth and have those hard conversations for sure you know yeah because like the thing about our world is is like the vanity metrics are real <laughs> and they can confuse your progress yeah you know and at the end of the day the real reflection of what you're doing is the quality of the content and the value that you're adding, which is harder to measure. For sure. And um, so, yeah, no, like me and you, like we don't have people around us that gas us up. Like I would never gas you up. Yeah. You know, I walked in here and I told you how proud of you. Was, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. once I, you know, like, but that's, but that's because like along the way, we've had those tough conversations yeah. to get here. Yeah. It wasn't like every time you came with me an idea mm. and I was like, yeah, that's... We went through some really shitty ideas through lockdown, mind through lockdown, you. Through lockdown, we went through shitty ideas, but sometimes <laughs> you need to get those shitty ideas out. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, um, the, yeah, the, the tough challenge is finding the right people to make sure that they give you enough encouragement, but also, yeah, not, not just a bunch of yes men all the time. It's about having those open and real conversations and being able to call each other out when the ideas are great and also when they're looking a little bit like it's coming from fear yes. versus it coming from like passion or something that you want to do. And I know that, um, like I was saying before, when we were in lockdown, we had a lot of conversations yeah. and we were both like scrambling like, what the fuck do we do? Yeah. And it went from, should we, should we run an agency? <laughs> should, we, should we start a digital yeah, agency? Yeah. Yeah, to yeah. like, what about creating content and stories and like all of this stuff. And I even remember, I thought of this the other day, which I think is really crazy from where I am now. And also like looking back and thinking about how long things actually take to come into fruition. Yes. And I was in South America, I was in, Brazil at the time I called you I called a few other people and I was like I want to do something with the millennial crisis it's going to be some kind of community that I funnel people out of or I'm going to lead them into like the workplace some way like I was like I want to bring people together and then I also want to like that's literally how the conversation went it made no sense yeah. it was just me throwing all these concepts out yeah. but at the end of it it was like it's about like having a community for people to go in that are like us that don't know or are confused or um, just need support in different areas of life yeah. because the people around them don't get it. Yeah. And it's not to say that the people around you are bad. It's not to say that they're not supportive. It's they don't understand it because it's not their life right now. And it's so important today that we have different groups of people that are in our life for different reasons. Yes. And we are open to having new people yeah, in our yeah. lives and now like having the millennial crisis turning into like a community with events and now having our second in-person event yeah, yeah. it's just crazy to think that a year and a half ago that is where that concept started from like me calling up a bunch of people being like i, I don't I, it's a community and like yeah i think we'll post some jobs there I think, I think like people looking for jobs and I'm going to go to businesses and I'm going to ask them. I'm pretty sure that's where it started. It was like this concept of how am I going to monetize this thing? Because that was my big thing. It was like, I'm going to go all in on this and it needs to be a business. Yeah. And then in reality, shifting that and being like, this doesn't need to be a business. Yeah. 
I can make my money the way I make my money with the skill set I have. And this can just be the thing that I like doing. If it ends up growing into something that turns into a business can be my full time. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. And that will happen organically. I believe that will happen yeah. organically if it's the right thing yeah. to happen. Yeah. But it doesn't need, like, why would I stress myself out to do all, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun and that's my reason for doing it. Yeah. And I, a lot of people don't understand that if you're looking at things in the normal context. But now I'm like a year and a half later so comfortable with this being my fun thing and me doing it because I like it and that's it. And bringing people together and seeing the connections they form is like the most rewarding thing ever. And I'm happy to spend my time and invest my money into something that doesn't bring anything back for me, yeah, yeah. but doesn't bring anything financial. Back. Financially back, yeah, exactly. I think what, what, because I think what what you've done is like you just created this community, and this is not me gassing you up. Like you, this community is literally like the macro of what we do for each other. Yes. Like what you and I do for each other is what this millennial crisis community does for the 170 or 200 or 300 or a billion people that engage in it. It's finding other people to one, hold you accountable and two, let you sound off the ideas from Bolivia or wherever the hell you were, <laughs> where you called me or you sent me like a bunch of messages being like, we should do this, you know, this agency. Yeah, the, these manic messages like, we should do this agency, we should do this, yeah. what about this? Yeah, it's me pulling up at like my fucking corporate job and being like, what the hell is she on about? <laughs> Sounds exciting though, so I could be in. You know, like it's it's yeah. that. It's a macro of just like the, the, the things that you found value in, in having your own community and just going, cool, how do I just magnify it so that the people that need it can access it? And yeah. I think that's a good thing. Intentionality is a massive thing, you know? And I think in the long run, when you do things out of like the best of intentions rather than going, cool, like let's just charge everyone $75 subscription fee, mm -hmm. you know, every quarter or whatever the hell it is, you know, that's not going to be sustainable if it's yeah. just about the money. And, and it might be. You know, it might be, I don't know, but I, from, from my experience doing things because one, you care about them, two, you believe in them, is the, is the recipe to kind of like long-term sustainable success. 100%, 100%. And doing things because like, it's fun and you enjoy it, not because it's gonna give you some, like I think that is, I, I think at least, like at least for the way I want to live my life, it's doing things in that way. And then obviously finances are important and stuff like that, but there are other ways you can do that and what allows you to do more of the things that you enjoy and that are fun. And when you were saying before, like you don't know how to describe like what you do or what it is, like to me, regardless of what context it comes in, you are a storyteller and I feel like that is yeah, well, you. Yeah. But now because you're looking at storytelling in different forms, yes that's where the like difference lies for you and not only different forms in terms of like is it audio is it written is it video but also in different forms like what clients am i working with like yeah. what types of businesses does this and where's the demand for this kind yeah. of like role because you have to think that way now right yeah. um it is still under that one yeah umbrella which i think is is really cool and the the area that I see you going in, which you are on the trajectory for, yeah. like I see that. It's yeah, like yeah. the conversations we have, I'm like, yeah, man, in a year, like there's, an, I have no doubt that he's gonna be the next like young Philly. <laughs> and you know what, like, and I appreciate that. Like, I, I think, well, I mean, what, what brought it on was like working in this industry, yeah. whatever it is, right? Like you have to pay attention to the trends. And I'm not saying like the TikTok, like, you know, like all that kind <laughs> of shit, like, but it's, 
it's like, what are people consuming? And for me, it's like the written word is my most comfortable. Like yeah. that's why I'm the most comfortable. It's easy for me. You ask me to punch out a thousand word article, I can do it for you. Yeah. Like without even thinking twice. Mm. But the, th- the truth of the matter is that people are reading less and consuming video more. And it was an email actually, <laughs> when someone was introducing me to um, a talent that they wanted interviewed. And they went, oh, here's Ryan, he's the writer. That made me, I couldn't breathe reading that. Like, mm. just being like, he's the writer. That phrase was, I was like, ah, mm. like that didn't feel right. And so then I knew in that moment that the next logical evolution was that if I'm actually a storyteller, you have to be able to do it across mediums. And I had done photography when I was freelancing and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, before. And I combined that with the writing and that was the evolution. And now the next logical step for me was like, well, how do I translate it into this? You know, and I'm still very aware that there's a camera here and I'm still very aware that there's a mic right in my face. Yeah. But getting comfortable with that because if, if the job is storyteller, then you have to be able to do it wherever and whenever. Um, and it's a funny story. My first ever interview I did with the Bjorka Ingalls group and I don't know if you're familiar with who they are, but um, my, my mate Yaz, we went to school with him. He's, he's an architect now and, and I didn't know how big they were, even though their name was big. Um, until I got the interview and I was like, you know what? How about I pitch to them that we do a video on just so that I can test it out and see whether I'm comfortable with it because it was meant to be a written article. Yeah. And so I, they're, they're in Denmark or Sweden or something. So it was like a weird time zone thing. Um, and yeah, I pitched it to them and an hour before the meeting, they were like, yeah, we're in, record it, do whatever. And I was like, oh shit. And then at the same time, I got a text on my phone and it's Yaz and he's like, Bjorka Ingels is like the architect. Like he's the biggest architect in the world like innovative like he's a rock star architect and i was like i was like like, shit well i hope i hope they don't know this is my first recording interview um and i wasn't talking to him of course i was talking to one of the partners on the board who's you know in his own right a brilliant architect and thinker yeah and i did my research like i prepped properly and all that kind of thing and i cobbled it together you can check it out on matters journal like like that went a lot better than i expected sure Audio could have been better visually, like the cameras could have been, you know, all that, all the things that are out of your control yeah. when you're an hour from an interview. Um, but I was like, I enjoyed that. Like I enjoyed the process. It wasn't too different from writing an interview. Like I still had to do my research, I had to come up with the questions. I still had to ask the questions, except in this case, I saved myself time because I didn't have to fucking transcribe it. And that was it. And that was it for me. And I was like, cool, I'm going to start doing these things combined with the writing because I didn't want to lose touch of that skill. And, I was, and from then it's just been like yeah. something else that I've been doing, which I've really enjoyed. And that wouldn't be, that's no longer than six months ago that all happened. No way. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. And I think the crazy part is to me, I always saw you going that way, right? Like when we've done podcasts, you're so easy, like you float. Although you say you're not comfortable in front of a camera, I feel that you are super like, um, even like when you would like say to me like, oh, I've got this speaking thing, like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to yeah. go. Like I'm worried about, it. I was like, mate, you're a natural, like, yeah. and yeah. it's so funny, our perceptions of ourselves. Like yeah. I'm sure you can see where I'm going or what things are going to happen for me because yeah. your vision of someone else is so different than your perception of yourself. Mm. And so I always saw it happening that way. And then yeah. a few months ago when you said to me, like, I'm going to start making videos. Like, I need you to just like ask me like what's happening with yeah. the videos. I didn't even have to ask you. I just started seeing your experimentation with yeah. reels, IGTV, with yeah. clients. What was that happening? Yeah. And it's been a few months yeah. and look where you are now doing it's that big, stuff. It's a big job. You know, 
know? It's huge, man. Yeah. And I think, and look, I owe a lot of like, of it to, to people like, um, like Pino from Local Peoples, like Sam from Park, like these people that I work with that take, they took a risk, right? Like, I mean, young Philly and stuff is high praise. Like I don't have that body of work. My body of work is written. Mm. My body of work is a different medium completely. And for them to go, you know what? We're going to trust you to take this and bring this idea to life. You're going to be the person that does it is massive. Yeah. I could have got on a camera and flopped with the biggest architecture firm in the world. And they would have just been like, what the hell happened? You know? And so no, I owe a lot of debt of gratitude that like, you know, thank God for all these opportunities and, and these, you know, these, the, the right people in my life to, to bring that. But you're right. Like, I didn't think I could do it. Mm. You know, when we sat down and you're like, you have to, yeah. and I was like, you know, like the idea of putting myself out there, like with writing is like, I can hide behind the words. Mm -hmm. The only bit of skin in the game is my name, mm -hmm. like the title and then by Ryan Ching. Mm -hmm. This is different. Mm -hmm. This is like, yo, like it's me, it's your boy, Ryan. Like it's yeah. my face, it's everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that was the biggest bit of inertia that I have to get over. Um, and I still fight that. And I think the, the funniest thing about that is that was like the, starting point to you also transitioning away from chink in the armor to yeah. ryan's my name yeah, which yeah. is it literally being like you slowly not being afraid of like hey man this is me yes. like i am a brand now yeah. and although i'm doing these things with other brands yes. like i am the face there and you're getting mm. more confident in people are going to start following me because of this stuff and yeah. it's my name and I'm not hiding behind an agency or a term yeah. of services. Like people are buying me yeah. and not just my words. Yeah, no. And I think that was a, that was the biggest shift. Chink in the armor was like my ABN, yeah. you know, like that was, <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was like, that was the name of like my, my freelance studio. Like, yeah. um, and then when I started doing these interviews, I was, I had to think about how am I going to intro these interviews? Like, how am I going to intro myself and the person? Like, what is that? Because I know like, you know, when you pay attention, like these are the things that matter, like the consistency of how you produce these content. Um, and when I was like, cool, I'll just go Ryan is my name, like, and then introduce the person after. Mm -hmm. Then I kept doing it consistently and I was like, okay, well, I should just lean into that mm -hmm. and be Ryan, which I am. Um, and not change anything else about it because i think and here's like and i'm interested to see your thoughts on this because i think like the difference between an influencer and someone that just creates is i think an influencer has a very distinct brand like you go to their page and you know like this is what you're getting yes. um i've made the conscious conscious decision in myself to not do that because one i'm not interested in being famous yeah you know like i'm not interested in, like walking down the street and people being like oh my god like yeah, I saw yeah. you did this and did, yeah. you know, like I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Like the more I get clear on what I want, it's just like, I want to sit down with Bjorka Ingalls. Mm -hmm. I want to sit down with um, Danny Weatherholt, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the female athlete. And I want to sit down with Ghost the Freestyler. I want to do those things because I'm interested in those things. Yeah. Get a good story. Let that live as its own thing. And I can go rock climbing yeah. and I can <laughs> yeah. walk my dog and I can, I can just share these little snippets that I want to share and not be beholden to like, but you, you're the guy that does this mm. or you're the guy that does the funny Asian shit or like, mm. you know, like mm. 
that's just a conscious choice that I made for myself. Is it going to be harder? I mean, probably, you know, like it probably gets more cut through if you just one thing because it's easier for people to navigate. But like I thought, like I've, like I've gone clear on like, I'm not interested in being famous or an influencer or whatever, yeah. which is what sometimes people think, you know, they, they go, oh, your, your Instagram got all weird all of a sudden. Like, are you trying to be an influencer? I couldn't want, having worked with influencers and yeah. like talk to them, that sounds like the hardest job in the world. I have no interest in doing that. 100%. What I want to do is if I can just do this every day, like talk yeah. to people, have interesting conversations and leave. Yeah. Brilliant. That's yeah. my dream. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. And first off, it's amazing to know that's what you want and be so clear and for it to change. Like we know oh, our yes, things change all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's amazing. And I so like, I so get what you're saying as I think a lot of people even like come to my Instagram page and they're like, uh, one minute you're like acting a full online. The next minute you're like running a digital marketing workshop, like a professional class. And then the next time you're like writing a blog about like something random or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because this is my page and I want to post whatever the fuck I want. I'm not worried about if you're following me or not. I just want to create and put it up there. And the work I do outside of that, the work I get paid for, the work I'm growing for something else, that's done in another place. Yeah. It's not done on this page, you know? Yeah. And it's similar to you. You can bring in whatever you want to your page. It's your space that you can share, but it also works as a portfolio to the right people, right? Exactly. It works to say, this is what I do. This is the work I showcase. And there's no harm or foul in doing it anyway. There's no, you can, work and build a brand for yourself if you want to do that and yeah. that is totally fine i've done that i've been there and i realized recently that is not the life i want <laughs> i don't want to commodify myself <laughs> i don't want to sell myself online anymore i yeah. want to sell myself outside to yes. people so yeah. i can they can purchase me for the skills yeah, that i have yeah, yeah. i want to do that online yeah, man it's exhausting. it's exhausting it's exhausting and having people i don't know how influencers do it i i i i actually don't i don't um it's a tough it's a tough gig it's so tough hard so so hard. i i have real respect and appreciation for it 100%. because like yeah when you become one aspect of yourself and you have to kind of like compartmentalize everything else yeah and you go like yeah but this is the part of me that people want fuck that is the most exhausting thing yeah and for me it's like when, when I made that shift, I was like, cool, Chinkinyang can live on the side. Like, that's my ABN. That's like what people come to work for me for. And, I'm, and this is, Ryan is my name is me. Like, yeah. it's me. I talk to interesting people. I do all this other stuff. I make a reel now and again. Like, there's no pressure. Mm. Like, like from 2,000 followers or a million followers, like, it, like I have no interest in the number. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, like, that's the most important thing. For sure. And I think what we forget as well, like both online and like whatever we're doing and stuff like that is like people are multifaceted, man. And like we get so worried about like what we do and if that's okay and if that's going to harm something else. And like I say, if like there's one thing that I would like put as my personal brand, what my brand is, the one message is like, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Like do whatever the fuck you want. There is no difference. You should not be able to have be taken any more or less serious whether you're posting one thing in comparison to what your skill set is or whether you're doing this one thing for one client, whether you're a storyteller to one client yeah. and a content creator to another client. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. what whatever it is to people like 
they can buy with whatever they gel with from yeah. you or they can consume whatever they gel with from you. And yeah, yeah. the more we can be more free online, and I think we're seeing this as a trend more and more, is especially on places like TikTok, yeah. where you can post all of these different videos, some will take off, some won't. But if you go on someone's feed, they've got like 12 different personalities and you're like, oh shit, you're doing styling videos, cooking videos, and also like skits. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And yeah. then on your For You page, you might just see their cooking videos and be like, I didn't actually know they did the other stuff because yeah, there's yeah. another consumer that's consuming yeah. that kind of content from them. Yeah. And I think we are becoming more open to the idea that people aren't just in one box. Yeah, yeah it's being Which open to your own diversity. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. I, I think like when I was growing up, race and culture defined me because like my experience of being like an immigrant you know, and navigating a new culture and, and, and the good and the bad that came with that. Like I felt personally emboldened because like I would write articles and, and young ethnic people would message me when they read it on HuffPost and stuff and be like, oh my God, like I've had the same experiences and I'm just so glad someone's saying something. Mm. And as a young 18, 19, 20 year old, you take up that mantle. You're like, I have a platform now, like I'm getting published in this, I'm gonna keep talking about it. But the thing is then like, you forget the other parts that make you as well. You forget like that you do like, playing soccer and you do like taking the piss and you do say dumb shit sometimes because like that's what a person is yeah. I'm not every single moment of really being like I'm an Asian person it's been fucking difficult because you know what the truth is like my life has been pretty damn good you know and I'm not defined by that one experience and and similar to like the, your TikTok references like yeah I'm a chef that like does stupid dances but also like I'm also interested in floristry and here's my latest thing like you can you can have a diverse persona and diverse interests and it, and it no longer matters. You don't have to lean into one thing anymore. And I think that's the most important thing. It's a really, it's a really good point you made about like you feeling as though you need to be in a certain box as well, because that's where you've gotten a connection or validation yeah. or, or fulfillment yes. out of yeah. um, in one way. And I think the thing that crippled me in the podcast in creating more content and growing the millennial crisis was I had this big weight on my shoulder, which sounds similar to what you were saying about like your experience as an immigrant in Australia and writing articles on that. It was me talking about my experience in what a millennial crisis was, like this privilege problem about making money and yeah. being miserable in it. And me like sharing that story and having all of these people message being like, I have the same thing, I have the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And then feeling as though, fuck, I don't wanna be this like, person like i i can't take all of this on how do i help all of these people like again this pressure that we put on ourselves being like i'm gonna be the savior like yeah. i'm not gonna be the savior there's a lot of people that are yeah. gonna share their things yeah. but that's how it feels like in the moment when people are sharing these stories yeah. with you you feel as though you're the what you're doing is important but me being like i actually also want to be a dickhead yeah. <laughs> i want man i want to be a dickhead i like being a fool yeah. or being worried feeling like i have to censor myself in other ways because people have seen me as like a serious person when people in my real life are like you're not fucking serious like yeah. and and having the complication of both like mm. me trying to put out serious content and people in my real life being like what are you doing yeah. and then the opposite thing of people seeing one online persona of me being like what's this idiotic stuff that you're doing yeah. it's it's yeah. interesting like you know da8 i ran this publication for a little bit while i was traveling and stuff yeah 
And um, it's funny that you bring up this pressure thing because it actually started out as a blog. Like it was where I was writing all these things that like some would end up on HuffPost, but when it got rejected, I put it up there. Yeah. And it was like on a WordPress thing and like slowly but surely, like people were like, oh my, you know, like they were coming on. And then, and I was like, oh, awesome. Like people are reading this shit. So like, I'll, I'll just keep rolling with it. Then people started like pitching. Like I went from the guy that working at a supermarket pitching to people were pitching me. Yeah. And I was like, this is insanity. Like it's just a blog. And it grew and I worked with a guy on Fiverr to kind of like help me find the right audience. And you know, all the things that you do when you're trying to build a brand. And then I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, and I always think like, was it a waste? Because you had a community there and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't what I had signed up for when I I was just like putting thoughts out there. Um, and I'm sure people will be disappointed to hear that because the other day I, I still have the account on Instagram and I was like, should we come back? Like I thought, Yeah, I thought you were going to come back when I saw that and stuff. And I just wanted to, to dip my toe back into that world see what, and yeah. just see what the reception was like. And it was a decent like, you know, response. Yeah. But, but for me, it's like, there's just other things that I want to do. Like I don't want to be the person that runs the travel thing. Yeah. And also I can't even travel. So like yeah. what, um, you know, like it's not really tapping into that. Um, so it's being okay with like, I didn't, you know, like sometimes the responsibility is not to be taken the whole time. You pick up the mantle and then someone picks it up down the road and then someone else picks it up and, yeah. and it might fall back into your lap at some point. But, but yeah, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of how I just went from writing and no one was listening mm. to then like people from like Omaha to fucking Cambodia and yeah. Vietnam and like all these places in Brazil and people were just like, oh, I, I wish I had this before. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. Is it intense? I think the one like common thing that um, is is really true to both of our stories is we got to a point where like saying no became okay. Mm. And like, I think if like the younger us both like looked at things, like if they saw that you were considering like bringing the 8-8 back and you were like, actually nah, like <laughs> I'd rather spend more time with my fiance, rock climbing, working on this with another client. Like yeah. as much as I'd love to do that, it's not that big part that I want to have. Yeah. Like I don't want to be in that one thing. And again, recently, like I had this experience with the millennial crust. I bought someone on to like help me. And I started like, we started snowballing all of these ideas to bring it up and build it into this huge thing. And I had to like stop myself and be like, nah, <laughs> like I want this to be like this slow burner thing. I don't care if it turns into something of what I thought it wanted to be. Yeah. I just want it to be this chill thing on the side that I do for fun yeah. and that's all it is. And I think like if younger me had saw that, they would be like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't get it. Yes. Um, and the same for you. I think if like younger you looked at you, yeah. he'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's a tough, it's a tough one. But in like, the best way, not in, in a bad way, way in, in I, the best I'm, way. I'm, I'm wistful about it because like, it was a community and it was a community that I obviously cared about, right? Yeah. If not, I wouldn't have run it for as long as I did. Yeah. But in the same way, it's, it's like priorities change. Yeah. I'm not 20, like, globe trotting in Japan and shit like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm 27 and like, I'm talking to interesting people like this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But like, yeah, saying no, saying no is a big thing. But because like, I think what translates is like saying no to clients, which I've had to do, mm-hmm. which, you know, 
if you'd asked me 12 months ago, would I say no? It would have been a different answer. Um, but yeah, it's a powerful word. It empowers you in a different kind of way. Sure. It makes you feel more in control. I think the worst piece of advice that I've ever received yeah. was um, when I was about to embark on this thing. I have a friend um, and, he, and he runs his own like business or whatever yeah. and he goes the tough thing is like you're always on the lookout for the next thing yeah. like the next client like yeah. because the pipeline you got to think about the pipeline and i was like and the more i did this the more i was like i'm not interested in the pipeline yeah. like i'm interested in like as long as it can be self-sustaining to a certain extent what other stuff can i be doing you know it doesn't have to be related to business it can just be life yeah. um so and that's saying no to things so that you leave the space open for other things to exist. And I guess that comes down to why did you, why did you make this decision in the first place? You know, was it so you could have a better work-life balance? Was it so because you were working towards putting yourself in a certain direction so you can start doing more of that work? And yeah. it's funny, like um, you talking about like the um, eight eight community and that being so great, but and the you can't travel now and stuff like that, but what the it wasn't the travel part that was the brilliant part about the eight it was sharing people's yeah. stories from around the world yeah. and you're doing that now but being paid for it yeah. as well yeah. you know so what 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 i see there is like yeah it is still the eight eight except instead of it being the eight eight it's now ryan chang yeah. and he is adapting to the new world which is like chatting to people in denmark at denmark yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah denmark at like a different time or whatever yeah, yeah. and that being it and you're going down that same trajectory and i see a community building from that regardless yeah. whether you want it to or not i can yeah. see it but yes. um it's just like it is the same like it's the same elements of it it just yeah, looks a little just, different it just looks different which i think yeah. is a good point you know which is something that like i didn't think about until you brought it up which is yeah like the the format and the medium has changed yeah um and am i bummed that i didn't have the foresight to to bring some of that community with me a hundred percent i had 500 email like subscribers yeah. i had like ten thousand people on the instagram page like the the vain part of me is like oh fuck i wish i brought a little bit of those yeah. you know i missed out on that like the strategic thinking but the thing is then like i can't waste time thinking about that yeah you know and like getting into that vanity stuff yeah well. like, yeah it's like oh i need more for this to be legit yeah the thing is like it's legit now like i make a living i make a decent living yes. and i'm very blessed for that and whether people follow me or follow the brands i do the work for as long, as long as the content gets seen, as long as the stories get told, you know, like I'm sure it'll work out um, in the end. But I'm excited. I'm excited because like I see what you're doing here and I'm like, God, if I could just do this every day, you know, like talk to interesting yeah, yeah, people yeah. every day yeah. and get paid to do that, yeah. which I kind of do already. Like, no, you definitely but like I want, and that's the thing, I, I want like, I want more of it. Like I want to talk to more interesting people and I yeah. want that. And I think it's, it's all right. Yeah, just a different shape, different form. For some reason, I'm just like, if I make myself look like a fool, I'll make myself look like a fool. I'll yeah. be a meme for a little bit and then it is what it is, you know? Like, it's all that. But I'm really comfortable. Like, I wake up every day and go, if the wheels fall off today, I'm ready to go again. Yeah. And I think that's... And that comes with all the stuff that we've done, like the starting over. Yeah. How many times, you know? Having to start over how many times. And I think that is one thing I'm so grateful for is that the fear gets less and less each time and you're like i've done it before 
I'm sure I can do it again. <laughs> like every season I start this fucking podcast, I'm starting from the ground up again. And I'm thinking like I end the podcast on a high and then I start the new season like, hey guys, um, yeah, we're back. back. Um, I'm coming to you live from the cupboard of my mother's house. <laughs> yep, she's 26 and she's still at home. It yeah. is incredible, but- But that's what um, makes it relatable <laughs> because I'm still at home. I moved, yeah. you know how much I've moved and gone places and like yeah. live between houses and stuff like that. That's the real thing. Yeah. And it's the reality of taking the risk like this because you have the fears of like, well, what if something happens? It's safer to stay here at the moment, be able to take risks with my business, be able to invest in certain things and spend my money that way, then uh, be worried like, fuck, I need to make rent. And if I need to make rent, that means I have to say yes to this client that I really would have wanted to say no to. Yeah. And that's where the balance is. Anyway, um, we're getting ahead of ourselves, <laughs> but um, we are getting towards the end of the podcast. And uh, I have three questions that you've already answered um, the in the other. These are the these are the not these are a little bit more hard hitting yeah, ones yeah, than yeah. the ones that we have up the top. And you've answered them um, before, so I'm interested to see where your answers yeah, go this yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, so the first question I have for you, Ryan Cheng, is um, what is the first small step you took to get to where you are right now? That video that I put out that I referenced when I was like, I lost my, hey, I lost my job. Um, it was like on a whim. And it was like, from a place of when I started writing about race and culture. I just knew that other people were going through it. And I knew that I had something to lend to that conversation. If it helped, then it helped. Um, but it was a big catalyst for everything today. Yeah. It was a big catalyst of like shedding the um, taboo of like, I lost my job. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. But here's a little bit of a plan. Because that put the pressure on me because I put it out there. And it was like, well, now you said it, you have to go and do it. And I think that was a big... Um, big step to, to what it is now. Huge. And it's funny also that it was video form. It was. And that's where you're heading The serendipity to. is insane, like, isn't you know, it? It's like crazy. It wasn't, I, I feel like it would have been second nature for you. For to write it. As written. But part of me was like, I think people have to see what it, the face. Yeah. And not as in like, I was the face of like the, the people losing their jobs or whatever, but it was like, it was, I just knew that people, uh, it sounds so like, that people needed to needed something like that. I'm sure they did though. And it was the response. I got people from like the US yeah. that were like thanking me. Mm. And I was like, I did nothing. I lost my job the same as you. Mm. I just knew that if I that I was looking for someone to just say the things that I needed to be said. Yeah. And I thought, why not me? And then in the same time put pressure on myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I needed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed to remind myself that like this wasn't the end and this wasn't gonna be like how I was going to be defined. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in yeah. in the room in Bacchus Marsh, just on my phone, just being like, I lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but you're not alone. If you see this, like hit me up yeah. and we'll work it out. And yeah, it seems tacky because like the whole pandemic was people being like, we're in this together and stuff like mm. that. But you know. But it was true. That's what people needed. That's what people, that's needed. people needed. And yeah, that's yeah. what people still need. It's like any form of vulnerability online is super important. Mm. Um, next question. What is your biggest millennial crisis right now? Right now is like, how am I going to buy a house, son? The age old question. Yeah, which I try yeah. not to think about too much. 
And I'm sure you're getting extra pressure because you've already got the engagement wedding stuff. So do you find people, because people are like, oh, that's, well, that's the next step. Yeah. That's the next thing. We, no, I mean, surprisingly, no one's ever really brought that up. That's good. Which has been a good, yeah. Like, it used to be a thing, but now I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not buying around here. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, it's going to be tough to do that. And, and if we rent for a bit, we rent for a bit. Like, I'm yeah. just... You know, it's in the back of my mind, but now I'm just trying to be like, look, if you rent, you rent. Like, it's not that big a deal. As long as you have a roof over your head, what do we got to complain? So do you have that thinking of like, renting is a waste of money? Do you find that comes up? Okay. People, people say that. Yeah. But then I'm like, but if you don't have the money to buy a house, then what, the f what are we talking about here? You know, I think people forget. And, and the big thing is like people forget that like, you can rent and still save money. It's how tight you choose to put that belt on. For sure. You know, like if you're renting and then like you buy a new car and you buy like Gucci belts, like you're doing all that and then you come to me and go rent away some money, yeah. then let's look at those slips. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I think you can do both. And I think the renting buys you time to put money aside if you're smart about it. For sure. No, 100%. I'm like very much so like yeah. i don't know when you do the calculations and stuff like that and depending on the lifestyle you want to lead yeah. um it can be a really smart decision as well so and also different. the financial advisor rebecca pritchard that came on the podcast a few episodes ago she was um rent like moving to rent herself after selling their place they were going to rent for a bit and then buy a place because yeah. they weren't at the stage in their life and that kind of put things in perspective for me and i know a lot of listeners being like Oh, if a financial advisor is doing that, maybe it's okay. Yeah, like, I don't um, have a Gucci belt. I don't think like a Gucci belt smells like what it looks like. Fuck a Gucci belt, sorry. Being smart with your money and putting it away. Yeah, you and... got a sneaker problem. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about that. I bought, I, bought, I, bought a pair. I bought a pair and then they ran out of stock. So they refunded me the money and I was so upset, but that's fine. Okay, okay, maybe that's a sign yeah, yeah, from yeah. like whoever being like, listen, that's ease enough. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, I've got a shopping addiction myself. I have no, no place to judge. Yeah. Final question I have for you is, what is one thing you still want to explore or are curious about? I'd love to do a documentary one day. Love. I would love to do a documentary one He's day. He's putting it out there on the Millennium I'm putting it out there, I'm putting it out there, Netflix if you're hearing, and spent. Spam. 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 <laughs> Spam brand. Fuck, Every time I, I do something, that, we can do it together. Come on. We do a documentary about how three different families use Spam differently. A Japanese Hawaiian family, a Southeast Asian family, an Asian family in Australia. We can do it. All right? We'll do it together. But yeah, I think that's what I want one day is to do a documentary. Um, I don't necessarily have to be in it, but like just to pull a story for that length of time yeah, yeah, yeah. to do something like that um, yeah. would be... Yeah, be a dream come true, I think, is up there. There's so much to the Ryan brand. Like, Ryan really is a brand. You've got the spam story. You've spam got the story. sneaker. You've got the sneaker journey you take people on. Uh, you've got the storytelling. Like, you are a storyteller and you're telling your own story in the most brilliant spam. way as well. Like, it is. It's, it's part, like, when you said spam, I was like, duh, like, obviously. Look, spam, <laughs> why are we playing? Spam. Stop teasing, all right? Yeah, spam and... Willy Wonka nerds, you know. Willy, yeah, 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 yeah. Nerds, yeah. interesting. I haven't seen that. More nerd content, please. Yeah, yeah. We need yeah, more nerd content. Okay. But yeah, no, I love to do a documentary. I think that'll be a, yet another level up from like what the storytelling is right now, like yeah. the, the format and the medium. I see that. Um, 
Yeah, I reckon that'd be really fun. I reckon that'd be really fun and, and yeah, if spam can cough up the cash. Yeah. To do it together. Love that. Cool. Brilliant. Now, if there was somebody listening right now, for anybody who is listening and made it this far, um, do you have any Ryan, Ryan wisdom that you want to kind of um, spill or, or share with anyone? Um, just something that maybe has played on your mind or something that you've come to the realization of recently that you're like, fuck, like that was a real eye-opening, like yeah. wow moment for me that I want to share with the TMC. Look, I think over the last 12 months, the biggest thing that I've learned is that no one's going to back you in especially if you're not backing yourself. Um, I think the hardest conversation, and I, I, I don't think she'll mind me sharing this, is that um, Christina, obviously my fiance, she's, she's creative in her own right, but I think the way we, we've spoken about this interaction was that you know she's studying medicine, and her career trajectory and, and, and all that is pretty structured. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I lost my job, it was a tough conversation to get her to understand what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know? And, but also at that point, I didn't think that I could pull it off. Um, and I think it's a big thing when you are still doubtful whether you can actually do it and then expecting people to buy into that. Um, the big thing now for me is that like, I'm confident that I know what I'm doing, even though I don't, if that makes sense. No. Like the trajectory and what it looks like and the shape and the form that it takes will transform and it will change up and chop and all that kind of thing. But the thing is like, I know what I'm good at, which is like, get me to write something or get me to interview someone or tell a story in a specific way. I'm your guy, I can do that. Mm. Um, and there will always, you know, I believe there'll always be a need for that. Whether I do it on a big stage, you know, with spam, um, or whether it's just, you know, helping NGOs tell their story or sitting down with you and just chatting shit for a couple of hours. Mm and one person listens to it or a hundred people listen to it, like I back myself in to be able to do that regardless of the scale and the size of it. And I think that, yeah, for people that have made it this far, if you feel that no one's backing you in, that's because like you got to back yourself in first. I I love that. That's a perfect way to end. Um, And it is, it's so true. And I feel like I've had those experiences too where I'm like, why is nobody supporting me in this? And I'm like, because I'm not supporting my like I don't believe it myself so that's probably why and it does it comes across and I think what would be a really cool challenge for everyone and I think um, it plays on what Ryan has said as well is for us all whether we share it or not I would like everyone to share it whether you send that to me or Ryan or you share it to your social media or even the millennial crisis slack or community somewhere there and we can share on behalf of you is to record something vulnerable and share it because that was where this whole journey started for Ryan Um, and Ryan I feel like you're due for a new for a new vid that is just Ryan playing talking to the camera Um, and I'm overdue for one as well um, which is what got started things on TikTok and is why I'm able to get these people at my events and stuff like that now is because of that similar video I put out being like I'm kind of fucked and I don't know what I'm doing and people being like me too you know um and so yeah I think that is a good it's a difficult challenge but if everyone wants to record something 
it's a little bit vulnerable that you can share with the millennial crisis and we can have a chat about where we can put that or on your own stories tag us tag me tag ryan ryan's um socials will be in the show notes so you can connect with him there send him any messages ah yes ryan is in the slack channel as well so you can um hit him up there if you're in slack but um yeah Thank you so much for coming on. Absolute pleasure. I'm checking my belt for the most appearances on this podcast. 100%. You're the only guest that's come on multiple times. So. Yeah, look, so. it's an absolute pleasure. I think you're a star. You know how much I admire you, so keep up the good work. We'll see you in season four. Season four, baby. Get ready. <laughs>